Welcome to the Halftime Adjustment Coaching Podcast, where we use locker room talks, halftime speeches, and character traits to teach manhood, to teach leadership, and to build teams of men. I'm Bubba Bertram, your host. Let's get started. Hey, it's OU Texas Week. I hate Texas football. I hope OU wins 100 to nothing. Go Sooners. It is OU Texas week, and I thought I would bring a football story uh, to you guys about one of the scariest coaches I ever played for. His name was Dick Winder, and he was offensive coordinator for a period of time during John Blake's tenure at OU. Uh, Coach Winder has since passed, and I want to honor his memory for, uh, you know, it's been a few years since he passed, but just want to honor his memory of uh, the coach who he was. But he was, he scared me to death. Um, I'll just say that. He was the coach that my very first two snaps, um, I messed up the snap between the quarterback and center, and he yelled at me, called me somebody else's name, and he didn't really care who I was at the time. He just wanted to hurry up and keep the drill going. Well, Coach Winder learned my name. Um, when I was a redshirt freshman, I was the backup center, and every day he was on me um, about set the huddle, make sure the huddle was set properly, make sure that he, he made me made sure I knew he, he wanted the offensive line to sprint from the huddle to the line of scrimmage and hurry up and get set. Now, this was back when, when no huddle was something you only did with just a few minutes uh, left in the game. No huddle was not as commonplace as it is now. Um, and so we huddled every snap. And we learned how to huddle. We learned how to, uh, it was up to the center to set the huddle. It was up to the center to um, get to the line of scrimmage as fast as he could so the guards could get set and the tackles could get set and the tight end could get set and receivers and so forth. And so that was the center's responsibility. I was the backup center. And I didn't understand what it took to play at the Division One level. I didn't understand what it took to be successful. And so... After every practice, he had something called Omis. If you owe me for a mental mistake, uh, if you owe me for not giving good effort or fumbling a snap, something along those lines. And it was probably the week seven or eight of the season. And I, I had Omis every single day. He yelled at me every single day about something. Um, now, it wasn't, he didn't berate me. He didn't beat me down. He was just hard. And he expected a lot of me. There's a difference between a coach that belittles someone, a coach that beats down a player's spirit and emotions. There's a difference between that and a coach who is hard, demanding, expects greatness and excellence out of his players. Coach Winder expected greatness. And I didn't see it at first. I just knew that stuff, coaching came out of him really loud and gruff. But once I learned him, saw him for who he was, um, I learned him as a coach. And he and I respected him for how he carried himself, how he treated players. Because one thing, one thing about Coach Winders, I respected him because he treated us all the same. He yelled at everybody. He yelled at DeMond Parker, who was the all-star, and had 150, 200 yards rushing uh, quite a few games that season, but he yelled at him too. He yelled, uh, and he was on people. He was on coaches. He was on uh, 
all kinds of people just to do their job and do it well. And so no matter if you were a star or the walk-on, he got, he wanted, he pushed you to be your best. Um, he scared me though. He was tough. He was strong. He cared about us as a team, as players. He wanted us to, he wanted the best for us. And we find like once we kind of learned him and saw that in him, we, it was fun to play for him. It was fun to be around him. Because you never knew what was going to come out of him. It was always a comedy reel, but it was it was what we all needed. He demanded excellence from us, and he pushed us to be our best. Um, he he was always on me about set the damn huddle. Come on, Bertram. Come on, set the huddle. He was always on me about that. I just it's ingrained into my memory. One of those things I heard. Multiple times a day, every day, snap the ball. He wanted the court, the snap, the snap. He wanted to hear it hit the quarterback's hand when he was under center. He wanted me. He wanted the offense to get set as fast as possible to snap the ball as fast as possible, so that the defense didn't have a time to stem, adjust, or mess with us. And if you, if he didn't really call people out for omis. And it was a leadership that was set by the other players. Like we knew who had messed up. We knew who didn't give great effort. And so there were we the guys got to the line of scrimmage. Here's the truth. I don't remember a lot about meetings, road games, all those things with him. I don't because I was a young player when I was around him. But I just I have vivid memories of him on the practice field. Um he might be chewing you out one moment, but he gives you a sly look out of the corner of his eye, and you're like, okay, was he just yelling at me for fun? What was he doing? But he kept you on our toes, and but we respected him. And it just, he was fun to play for. So, you know, I learned a lot about coaching from the guys I played for. A great coach demands excellence. Coach Winder did that. A great coach pushes his athletes past what they think they can do. A great coach pushes his athletes past what they think they can do. An athlete will only go so far on his own. A coach, it pushes him beyond that. Why? So that they can be as good as they want to be. A great coach pushes athletes past what they think they can do so that they can be as good as they want to be. Great coaches see that. Great coaches sell that vision to their athletes, to their players, so they can so that they can achieve their goals. And that that Coach Winder was a great coach because he pushed us to be excellent in all that we did. And so just like that, um, my, that vision a coach can have for an athlete, a father must have a vision for his family, a vision for what can be, and help make, the, help make that vision possible through a plan. So I've got five kids I've got a 17-year-old senior. I've got a 15-year-old sophomore. I got a 12-year-old seventh graders, and I got the twins that are in second grade. And between talking to them, talking to their mother, we have a vision for what God has in store for them and where they can go, what they can do, where they can be. In Proverbs, it says, where there is no vision, people perish. And it also says in Proverbs, rules without relationship leads to rebellion. So Coach Winder was hard on us, but we, he had a relationship with us. He, he pushed us to be our best, but he still he poured into us as athletes, as football players. And so just the same thing as a father. 
you can't always be the hammer as the father. I remember uh, Braxton was two or three. We were leaving church and we got to talk from the Sunday school leader about Brax being that kid. Brax was causing issues and problems. And I was on a rant walking from the door out the door to the to the to the car. You're not going to be this way. You're not going to act this way, Braxton. You're not going to be that kid. I'm dropping the hammer on you. And at that drop a hammer on you statement, he burst into tears. He literally thought I was going to hit him with a hammer. And I paused in that moment and stopped and said, whoa, 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 buddy. I'm never going to hit you with a hammer. I'm going to help you learn discipline on how you're supposed to act in a group setting at church. And so it was my, my job as a father to help him understand what I meant. The father, and, and, and talking in general, the father cannot be the hammer all the time. Sometimes the father must pick your kids up, dust them off, and redirect them, help them understand, show them what sympathy is, and show them how to empathize with other people. Men empathize. They feel feelings. They feel um when people are down, hearted, sad, hurt, men can understand what that feels like. It, yeah, there's plenty of times when you need to toughen up, be strong, push through it. But then there's other times when you need to show your kids, show your family what it means, what it's like to be understanding. And <clears throat> Coach Winder pushed us. And then there were times we played well, we lost. And he still said, I was proud of your effort. So I love playing for Coach Winder. He was incredibly hard on us, incredibly hard on me specifically. I don't know if he was doing it on purpose. But as a walk-on offensive lineman, backup center, I was a freshman, redshirt freshman. The starter was a senior. And I had, you know, there, I wasn't going to sniff the field. But I just, I just kept coming, and he kept coaching. He kept pushing. It was always about set the huddle. Sprint to the line of scrimmage, snap the ball, and if you owe me, you owe you owe me after practice. And it was that every single day. He was consistent every day in how he pushed us and how he pushed me to be the best I could be. You know, I got you know, coaches have to be consistent. Fathers must be consistent. Leaders must be consistent in all that you do because demanding excellence is not something you're going to show up and do every other day. It's something that you're going to work at every day. Demanding excellence. But you must demand it out of yourself first in all that you do. So, football story, OU Texas week, set the huddle, um, sprint to the line of scrimmage, snap the ball, be the best you can be. Demand excellence out of yourself before you demand excellence out of others. Go, go OU, beat Texas. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you have any questions, hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Bubba Burcham. I appreciate any feedback you guys have. Now go out there and be a great leader today.